the, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. What is it? What is it we're gonna do? <clears throat> well, we're rolling, but um, and this is the Let's Go Eat show, right? This is the Let Go Let Let's Go Eat show. See, that's the thing: is that you better kick this off, and then maybe I'll just start asking you questions. Okay, okay. This is the Let's Go Eat show. Hi, I'm Bill Allred, and um, we're uh, recording this at the Daily 222 South Main in downtown Salt Lake. Uh, uh, it's a it's a fine eatery and coffee shop, and uh, uh, Ryan Louder is the uh, he put this thing together, and it is good. Come in here for breakfast or lunch. They have takeaway food. I promise you'll like it. They have great coffee and all of that. So so now we've introduced the Let's Go Eat show, and I don't know why I had this idea, and maybe we'll scrap it. I don't know. <laughs> but I thought, okay, let's just let Dick Clark, the producer of the Let's Go Eat show, ask me questions. I don't, it may not be anything you want to do, but we'll oh, see. I, I think there will be plenty of interest because, <clears throat> excuse me, I did throw it out to Twitter. Yeah. Got some good, good questions back there. People responded. They did. And okay. I even got some emailed questions from my, um, my, what, what do I want to say? Usurping the, um, hello, yeah, what? Uh-huh. On today's, um, segment. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a couple of questions. I've got a couple of questions of my own. Okay. I think we should probably just start with the Twitter ones because I think they'll go fairly quickly. Okay. So first one comes from our friend John Saltis. John Saltis, the uh, uh, owner of City Weekly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Mr. Saltis, what does he want to know? This is a this is a real head scratcher. Mm-hmm. He says, "What branch of leftover cold pizza adherence do you attend? In other words, do you are you one of the people that?" refrigerates their pizza overnight or leaves their pizza on the kitchen counter well it goes in the refrigerator john and uh it, that's uh, now i have i have eaten pizza that's been just sitting out overnight i have eaten that without bothering to even warm it up mm-hmm. i have done that uh it doesn't bother me to do that you don't prefer it <clears throat> i don't prefer way. it well what i know i do prefer I, taking the leftover pizza, putting it in some Ziplocs, and putting it in the refrigerator. And it can stay there for two or three days even. Maybe you take a piece out and then I microwave it. It makes the crust kind of chewy, but I like that. So I like leftover pizza that way. I don't eat pizza a lot, but when I do, I and I like lots of shit on it. <laughs> You know, I mean, lots of stuff. Right. Uh, sausage and uh, pepperoni and, you know, all kinds of cheese and olives. And and I appreciate you clarifying because saying that you like shit on your pizza. Yeah, I don't really, I don't, re- I don't, I don't like people to squat on my, <laughs> over a, a pizza crust and take a dump on it. Good, it's not, I don't think, I don't think people really would have thought that, Dick. I mean, look, I, no kink shaming here. Okay. Um, you know. Well, no, I'm not a coprophiliac. <laughs> 
um, which actually, so that, not the coprophilia, but mm-hmm. the, the pizza question has a, um, a little tie-in because I get this a lot. I, I will only drink soda if it's room temperature. And people think that's very strange. That is strange. So, but so is there a temperature for a beverage? For example, because water seems to be the one that kind of divides. Yeah, people. I like I like cold water. I like with wo- ice. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, if, if I if I can, I will put ice in it. Uh, now there you know there are dispensers where it comes out nice and cold. I know there are people who prefer room temperature almost water mm-hmm. um, I think my wife doesn't she I think my wife she drinks her water pretty pretty warm pretty room temperature but I like it cold and my kids seem to have picked that up for me they like put up to put ice in the water okay good to know so that's a, it's a fascinating fascinating look into my life isn't it hey look all I'm saying <laughs> is like this is a very divisive question that I get a lot because people will see me pop a soda and they're just like that's warm what the hell are yeah, you doing that is pretty dumb <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb. I don't get it. But there you go. Fair enough. Yeah. <clears throat> That's why I'm the producer and you're the host. Yeah. So the second one comes from James Bud Riches. Oh, I know him. All he asks is, you okay, Bill? <laughs> you okay, Bill? Clayton. That's who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've been better. Um, I don't. I won't go into all the details, uh, but I've been. I've been thinner. <laughs> I've been uh, uh, more mobile in my life, uh, and that's kind of getting me down a little bit. Uh, but but I've not given up, so I guess I'm okay. He, and I can I can answer this also. He's okay. We're, we're going to be okay. He's not giving up. My my mind is my mind is still working fine. And that's all that matters. Well, I don't know. My some parts of my body seem to have given up on me, and I find that very frustrating. I don't like it at all. But I don't do I don't do enough to uh, take take care of it. You know what I mean? I don't. I say I don't like it, but I, but then I just let it happen. So that's pretty stupid of me. Uh, what I need to do is. Uh, get hold of my physical problems I'll get more on top of them so I, I will throw in my two cents of empathy there because I also know how life gets and it, sometimes it's really hard to take care of certain physical aspects of, of one's corporeal form so I empathize but I because mm-hmm. I'm also in the same boat in mm-hmm. some ways no. but like I said we're gonna survive we're not giving up god damn it okay so second or third question actually is is i'm asking based on something i saw earlier Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite breakfast cereal either from when you were a kid or from current state i don't eat cereal pretty much at all anymore i had some cheerios a couple of weeks ago and I was just really disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just regular Cheerios, and I don't think I, I probably didn't even put any sugar on them, which I might I should have. But even then, I think that was disappointing. When I was a kid, I really liked. Um, I think they just call them corn pops oh, now. Yeah. Sugar, sugar, was sh- pops. Sugar, mm-hmm. sugar pops or sugar corn pops, whatever they were. I really liked those. Um, they stayed crispy for quite a while. And they were really sweet, and they were uh, kind of jagged. They'd cut up your mouth a little bit if you weren't careful. And they tasted like styrofoam little bubbles that yeah. pop. Yeah. And I liked um, I, I liked uh, uh, sh- 
a, a cinnamon toast crunch. Mm-hmm. I still think I'd probably like cinnamon toast crunch if I had it today. I haven't had it for a long time. Um, next time I go to a Holiday Inn and stay overnight, I'm sure that at the breakfast bar, they'll have some cinnamon toast crunch. You know, as someone who travels way too much, they do. Do they? Oh, Still, yeah. Yeah, I th- you know, I don't, again, I don't eat cereal, even when I do that, mm-hmm. even when I'm there. But I've noticed that my kids will get, you know, they'll mix Fruit Loops and mm-hmm. and then some other cereal. They'll mix them. So, uh, like I said, because I'm at a hotel lobby way too often. Often, and it's fascinating to see who does the cereal mixing, and mm-hmm. it's these like Asian businessmen that are oh, really? oh yeah mm-hmm. like, that don't they don't touch the sausages or the mm-hmm. waffles or it's any the cereal of that. Huh? it's the cereal that goes fast. You know, I uh, uh, and here's a cereal that I uh, a breakfast cereal that I like that people will go what, but I like the really traditional big. Uh, wheat, shredded wheat, shredded wheat, and the one, the big one, not, not the, the minis. not the minis. I mean, the minis, I'll, I'll eat those, and the frosted minis, no, I leave that alone. But just the big plain. Yeah. Bale of hay kind yeah. of looking I, thing. I remember. And and you put some milk on that and so a bit, little bit of sugar, and I really like that for some reason. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I. Maybe some sprinkle some raisins over the top of it. Some blueberries. You yeah. And you're, you got yourself a stew there. Now I want some. I'm gonna. I've got to stop at the store on my way home. I think I'm gonna get some shredded wheat. You should. And send me a picture, and we'll put it on this episode. All right. So, uh, so next question is from our friend Ivy. Hi, Ivy. She says, who would you love to have lunch with? You, Ivy. There you go. Uh, just, uh, I mean, who would I have? I like having lunch with lot. I have lunch with lots of people, really. Um, and I always, I always enjoy uh, conversation over lunch, which is why I did start doing the Let's Go Eat show. And I don't understand why sometimes the Let's Go Eat show is such a problem for people. Um, they stop. They won't eat while they're talking. And I keep saying to them, when you go out to lunch and you have a conversation, you eat while you're having a conversation. Why the fuck can't you do it on, on the Let's Go Eat show? You got me. I just don't get that. No, it's it's a, it's a weird hang-up that people seem to have. And it also explains, see, there you go. See, I'm going to have a little, little bite of this pumpkin pie here. Yeah, dig in. While, while, we're, while we're having a conversation on the Let's Go Eat show, because that's what it is, goddammit. Yes, and it also explains why, you know, someone like Gina will give you such a hard time mm-hmm. on your radio show yeah because there is this weird hang-up that people have i guess some people really hate hearing me eat on the air which I but don't i get. don't get it i don't either you you have conversations with people who are eating all the goddamn time mm-hmm. what the hell is wrong with me taking a bite of something as long as i can talk they, so I know that there are people that, like my sister, for example, who has misophonia. So, which is a, I'm a, not quite sure what that is. Basically, the those little teeny sounds of like the you know smacking of the lips or the chewing. Exactly, that it will set them off. It's like electricity going through their brains. I, you know, I have the tendency to sometimes if people are smacking a lot, mm-hmm. I don't I don't like that sound either. My brother, when we shared a bedroom, when he would would be asleep, he would do that. He'd go. <laughs> and, and and I'd be laying there and I'd just be going that's just a sc- 
Christmas. <laughs> it was so again. My sister, she had to deal with two brothers, and one of which, and you know, I don't know if he listens to this or not, but hello, brother. He he got a lot of shit from her growing up because he smacked every time he would eat. And did he do it on purpose just to piss her off? I don't think he did. I think it's honestly one of those things that he just didn't consciously know, and mm-hmm. you could see her body cringe every time we'd sit down at the dinner table. Now, when I eat, like on the radio, I also try to be fairly subtle about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I smack a lot. I'm going to take another bite of a pie, a pie here. And I mean, hell, I've been listening to you for years, and it's never bothered me, but, you know, I'm just me. Yeah. So now I have some pie in my mouth. I don't think it's... What's so terrible about this sound? Uh, it alters my voice a little bit. There's but, a little wetness to your voice. Yeah, but so what? But, you know. Mm, this is a good piece of pie. That's a damn good piece of pie. Sorry, I ate the last piece. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take one home. There you go. Um, we have now... Let's oh, see there, I was smacking a little going. <laughs> We've got one from our friend... His name is Thad Bookman. Thad Bookman. Now, I believe Thad Bookman sent me a very nice email uh, very recently about um, the Rocky Horror Show that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And he's seen it. He's seen the show that I'm in, I think, three times or four, four times. He's yep. seen, and uh, he was very complimentary about m- m- my performance. And he, these questions actually have to do with your performance. Oh. So... The first question, have any of the audience call-outs caught him really off guard or you really off guard or made you laugh? Uh, no, they haven't made me laugh, and they they always catch me a little off guard, which is a good thing. because uh, Keep you on your toes. Yeah, and you want to respond to it. You know, people yell something. I'm trying to think if I, if I can think of an example. Oh, yeah, one night somebody yelled. I said, so the line begins, over. What was over? And someone yelled out, your career! (laughs) And I went, yes, being in this show has done that. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, So the other one is, do you see any difference between the Ogden show crowds and the Park City show crowds? Uh, Yeah, the Park Park City show crowds for Rocky Horror are a bit more subdued. Are they? Yeah. I mean, they're good. They're good. But they're the Ogden people. Really, I mean, they're raucous. They are raucous people. They were. They would really get into it. I uh, and I use the Ogden people uh, for as a joke for the Park City crowd because uh, I get to talk to the audience as the narrator for the Rocky Horror Show. And I uh, at the beginning of the second act, I come out and I, I open the second act saying, you know, uh, welcome back, Park City. And I said, um, you're. Well, I used an old uh, joke too. So uh, my wife told me this joke. She got it from a friend of hers. I said, "I say, welcome back, Park City." And then I said, "Or as my socks said to my trousers, what's up, britches?" (laughs) Just, just so stupid and corny. And they just, just cracked them up. And then I, um, but I say, uh, this Park City crowd, you're certainly. Uh, better dressed than the Ogden crowd. I mean, they're very nice people up there, but my God, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ogden is awesome. I've seen the t-shirts. It is. I love it. Um, Okay, so that, well, I'm going to ask a follow-up to that, um, because I'm trying to, 
I was trying to come up with questions that people may not have heard on the radio over the years. Okay. Because um, we did have a couple, like somebody wanted you um, to tell the Wendover story really bad. And I <laughs> responded to say, look, I mean, how much are you willing to give to the road home mm-hmm. and the whole thing? Because, yeah. you know, I've heard the Wendover story. And yeah. It's not really that great a story in I, the long run. I mean, it's it's more hype than anything. Yeah. But, I mean, so, like I said, I'm trying to steer away from those types of questions. Because it's something I wasn't proud of. <laughs> <laughs> um, the My question, I guess, along the lines of the theater, and I'm not sure if you've answered this before, is if you could do a play with a specific part, hmm. what would it be? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, there are... Uh, there's a couple of Shakespeare's that I'd like to do, but I don't know. It's there's man, you know, I, I I have a tiny role in Rocky Horror, and it's hard work. Mm-hmm. Just this small role I have, I and I watch the the people, uh, the other actors on stage, the guy who's playing Frankenfurter, uh, which is a, which is a big role, just hugely active and dancing and singing, and I think, my God, how do, how does he do this? Mm-hmm. This is so hard. Um, the last play that I did that was really difficult was really difficult. It's a play called Waiting for Godot. And I played one of the two guys, Didi, I think. There's Didi and Gogo. This is how long ago? Oh, this was, uh, boy, it's been 10, 15 years ago now. Did it at the Rose Wagner. And it was directed by an old friend of mine who just called me up out of the blue and said, uh, would you... Uh, uh, would you like to be in a play? He's a direct local director, and I said, "Yeah, sure." I haven't done one for a long time. He said, "I'm doing Waiting for Godot." Okay, let's do it. And it's it's a difficult difficult play. It's uh, because it's a lot of lines that are sort of nonsensical. They don't they don't come out of anything organically. They're you know, and it was and, and the other actor that I was doing the show with had a. a kind of a memory problem. He was an older guy and I'd look over at him sometimes and he was just lost. He had no idea where we were in the, in the play. Like he was literally moment. waiting for Godot to come. Yeah, and I and so I'd have to get things back on track and and so I, I guess what I'm saying is there are a lot of th- roles that I'd like to do like I've always thought it would be cool to play Macbeth. Um, but it's, I don't know if I would do it. It's just talk too hard. So I was having this conversation with my wife the other night, uh, not the play one specifically, but this this performative act, or the, a, a performative aspect of what you do as a radio host. Because mm-hmm. it's one of the things that just kind of breaking character here for a second. Um, I've really enjoyed as the producer of this show is just to kind of sit and talk with you off mic because uh-huh. I mean, we've known each other for years and the wingman and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it's rare that we've had a chance to just sit and talk. Sure. Because people that see me in my job see the performative Dick Clark. I'm, I'm very animated and I'm jumping around. Yeah, I can't picture you. I, you know, you, when you tell me what you do, I thought, I think you really do that? I, I know. and people, You're not like that. No, because I'm, I mean, I'm literally, I'm working as we're, we're recording this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the people that I'm working with right now, they would not recognize me at all mm-hmm. off mic, mm-hmm. as it were. So uh, I guess my, my point in even saying any of this is it's admirable to me that you have done what you have done for so many years on the radio 
and and have been you know that you've maintained that performative aspect because just you were just saying like mm-hmm. waiting for Godot it's hard yeah. those types of things but that's that's what people I don't think understand about your job is it's difficult to do that every day so I, yeah it is you know fortunately I have I have a couple of people there so if you know like this morning I was kind of like you know they 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 pick up they can pick up any slack that fall you know and it, nobody really notices no i don't even think they notice really no, i mean you, you, you guys know. are a well-oiled machine yeah um it's uh, uh you know what's it's not difficult for me because i love uh i love performing um i the doing a play is a little is different because you have to, uh, you know, you have to, first of all, you have to just memorize a lot of stuff, which can be, which has gotten harder for me to do in, in later years. Used to, well, it's harder for me to do because I don't do it all the time. It really is a, it's like a muscle. Um, if you're, if you're memorizing things all the time, you just do it. Uh, but if you only do it once in a while, it's really tough. Yep. So that's a hard part of being in a play. I don't, and I don't have to do that with with the radio. I always thought it would be great if I if I had my my ideal job would have been to be a radio actor in the 30s, 40s, kind of into the 50s. Just be a journeyman radio actor in New York. You know, you do everything with a script, mm-hmm. which is terrific. And I've done radio plays here in Salt Lake. Um, and you know it's it's great because you have a script in front of you. You don't have to worry about that. You can just worry about the performance aspect of it, which is I like. So all I have to worry about doing the Radio from Hell show is the performance aspect of it. But I I guess I love performing because most of the time, even when I'm out in public, there, <laughs> it's uh, uh, my wife calls it Bill Allred's Gorilla Theater. <laughs> you know I I will often not all the time, but I will often with you know. People that are checking out, checking me out in the grocery store, the, the checkers, or the the people that work in you know various department stores or whatever it is that we're at, you know, I'll start doing a little shtick with them somehow, and just try, because it delights me to entertain them and catch them off guard and have them go and laugh or smile or you know, I just I'm because I'm a ham, I guess. No, it's 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 part of who you are, and it's a wonderful part of who you are. May I just say? That's what I was like when I was a little kid. There. There are some videos. It's like eight millimeter film of me and my brother as little kids, and my grandfather taking these videos with an eight millimeter camera. And um, it's me, like my brother, just kind of smiling and stuff, and me always sticking my head in the <laughs> in the shot and waving my arms and always, you know, sticking out my tongue, just being a dumbass. I I, I totally get it. And, and you know, again, I'll stop you know paying you these unwanted compliments, but I I mean it. No, keep it coming, man. <laughs> Like, it's one of the things that I... I mean unwanted. I love it. Fair enough. (laughs) Let let me shower you with more. Yeah, please. Um, Because the, the, the long and the short of it is, there is a bill all read on the radio, and there's a bill all read off the radio, but the reason that you enjoy the performative aspects is because you're a man of empathy that likes to see that reaction in other people you you enjoy seeing them elevated and that's at least for the years that i've known you 
Mm-hmm. That's how it's come off to me, which means ultimately that you are a very genuine person who wants to perform for people's benefit, not for your own. I mean, yes, there's it. That's well, it makes me feel good too. Yeah, it's, yeah. there's some synergy, yeah. but I, I've I've always admired that about you. But I do like seeing people kind of like not not shock them, but oh, I do like to shock people too. But it, sometimes it's just in you know the the everyday situations, just catch them a little bit off guard. Yep. You know, and they kind of what? Oh, that was oh, hey hey, you know. It's totally, the, I mean, again, it's going back to not making it about me, but it's one of the things is I don't say much, and every once in a while I'll, I'll interject with something that people do the exact same thing. They're just like, wait, what? Like, that came out of you? <laughs> you haven't said two words, and then, <laughs> yeah, whole mm-hmm. thing. Yep. So, um, so next question is, do you have a nemesis? <laughs> hmm. Or is that something that is even is that a foreign concept to you? Well, I, I mean, I know what it I know what it no, means. No, not the concept. Right? I know. Yeah. You, yeah but I like, mean, um, yeah. No. Do I know? I don't. I don't think so, really. Uh, unless it's just in general, just just pe- stupid people who don't who don't think about what. Sometimes, frankly, I just don't understand how people can do what they do, how people can look at what goes on right now in our country, for instance, how, how they don't see it. Why don't you see it the way I see it? I just don't. Why don't you see that this, that, the, that's, that some policies are cruel? Why don't you see that this, this I think the Supreme Court is going to say to the Dreamers, the DACA's people, if they haven't already today, they're going to say to that those 700,000 people who've been here, who've been waiting, who've been paying taxes, paying taxes, who've been trying to be a part of American society, uh, who were mostly here because they were brought here as children. They didn't come here. They didn't sneak in. They didn't. And I, and I think that the, the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, I think they're going to say, you know, we agree with the Trump administration. You all have to go. Go where? Mm-hmm. Where the fuck are we going to go? We are here. We are Americans, essentially. Where, where we, what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And to have the president tweet this morning, you know, oh, yeah, a lot of them are really bad people. A lot of them are really bad people. Real criminals. Really bad bullshit. Yeah. Now I'm not saying they're all saints. Ah, but, but I mean that, but come on. Why don't why don't people that's my nemesis. Why don't people see things humanely? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, and that's a that's one that looking at the time like I could spend another hour talking about this stuff with you um, and I agree with you 100% and it sucks that you have a person that holds so much influence at this point that is making that issue so cut and dry when it's clearly not and especially someone who I mean his his rose has some stank on it mm. let's be honest and I mean the and the whole thing with the uh uh, scientific rules that uh, govern the environmental protection and water quality and things like that, and and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lessen we're gonna weaken those standards. And scientists and physicians are saying we we really shouldn't do that. Yeah, s- s- scientists. 
people who know say this is not going to be good but we're going to do it anyway i don't get it no neither do i and uh i agree with you 100 percent um, and we, because we are kind of running towards the end here, the last one kind of ties into it that I wanted to know is, you know, we've had these conversations briefly off the air, but is there a dogma or philosophy that you identify with that directs you kind of in your life? That does not have to be religion or it doesn't have to be anything like that, but... <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's probably being a, a humanist maybe is the way I think about it um, I certain I have a tattoo of Buddha on my arm a certain aspects of Buddhism I think are very very important you know trying to find out trying to find yourself and um, understand yourself and and find that finally find quiet mm-hmm. um, and I, but I mean just humanism in terms of you should help other people as much as you can. Yep. You know, that's. I don't know what else we're here for. We're here to. Ex- we're here to experience what's around us, and uh, we're we're here to take it all in, and then to give to other people, give back to other people. I guess. I agree with you, and I. I like that philosophy a lot. So. Because yeah, um, I, I think when we're dead, we're dead. The only thing, the only, the only way we live on is in other people's memories. Mm-hmm. That's that's how we live on. So so you better leave good mem- leave them with good memories for the most part, if you can. I think that's the hope, um, and I think you're doing a good job, personally. <laughs> and I, you know, again. You don't pay me to say this, so I, as a matter of fact... I bought you a sandwich. You, you did. So I guess I do owe you for the sandwich. But um, in all seriousness, thank you for uh, letting me ask you these questions. I, I think that the listeners of this program and your radio show will appreciate this glimpse into who you are as a man. Okay, well, I, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. All right, that's it. That's the Let's Go Eat Show. We're done. I, I declare it over. Uh, the, thank you to Dick Clark for producing the show and asking the questions. Um, thank you to The Daily at 222 South Main Street uh, for hosting us, letting us be here and record the show all the time. We've kind of found out it as a home here and it's really good. I like it. Uh, that's it. I'm Bill Allred. Remember, your porn drinks always make mine a double. <laughs>